Hey guys, it's Marsha Hoffines, and you are listening to the Storytellers Podcast, where we dig in, go deep, find ourselves, maybe cry, maybe laugh. We surrender, but we go home, and we go home big. We feel inspired. It's the story behind the cellophane. It's the story inside the truth. It's a story that most people don't want to tell, but we're here to share. Let's get started. And a lot of times I like start talking about how annoying I still think that freaking zoom announcement is that they're recording and they have to tell everybody because I just think it's so dumb. (laughs) I know why they did it, but whatever. And you can hear me okay through this, right? Totally hear you. Okay, good. Totally fine. So I'm here. Hi guys. Welcome back. So I'm here today with my, gosh, how long have we known each other? 2005? Three, I think. 2003. What? I think. Yeah. All right. I've known Jenny from the block. That's what I always call her. And I don't know why because there's really, we don't have like a relationship with that song, nothing about it, but that's just, this is my dear friend, Jenny Busco. I met her surprise, surprise, everybody. I met her in a yoga studio. (laughs) It's like my favorite slash least favorite thing to say, because I'm like, literally, I then start to realize that I did I did a lot. I've done a lot with my life and I'm not regretting my life, but I'm like, that is how I've met everybody. And my past two years, I'm like, I'm branching out and then fucking COVID. And so I didn't branch out. So I still just know everybody through yoga rooms, which is great. But Jenny was, um, gosh, I had this cute little studio. It was called yoga South. I feel like if you were to almost talk to anybody in Charlotte, North Carolina, who, is an OG. They'll know about yoga South, Charlotte Mm -hmm. yoga, like some of the original spaces, right? Yoga one, like everyone, we all just were this crazy, cool community. And Jenny was one of my students and it's awesome. Like I told her the other day, I have this like fond, fond memory of her. First of all, (laughs) I think she probably would be hungover in class, but I'm not. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) But you were, I'm joking. You were, you waited tables, right? Yes. Yes. yes, Okay. So she was service industry. She basically would be tired. She wasn't. I'm just, I'm I'm joking, but she would come to class and there was like this little corner that I had, there was this butterfly that hung on the wall for a while. And then I had that beautiful mural painted. Do you remember Mm -hmm. the mural that was Um, and I don't know why, but like, I just see Jenny in the corner and big toe hold. Like it's the weirdest thing. I love it. So funny memory, but, um, so thank you for being here with me today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. I mean, I just love having these connections to all of the amazing women that were surrounding us back, back in the day. And it's not that we don't have amazing women surrounding us anymore, but it was just like such a special time. So I don't know, tell everybody about you, give everybody like, you know, whatever it is that your highlight reel is or not so highlight reel. Like, what do you want everybody to know about you? Oh, well, let's start with you. So my very, very first class was Charlotte Yoga, which is one of the uh, also OG studios. Mm -hmm. But your studio is very special to me because I started working the front desk in exchange for free yoga because back then I was a poor waitress. (laughs) Not hungover, just a waitress. I swear I was not hungover. (laughs) My my, uh, circadian rhythms were a little different. I was up a lot later. We were not paying um, attention I, to things like that at that time in our yeah. lives, that's for sure. One of my, yeah, I mean, so I was 25 and I remember my girlfriend, um, Jillian saying, you know, come to yoga, come to yoga. And I'm like, that's so boring. I'm not going to stretch. Like I work <laughs> out. I'm a runner. I'm a speed walker. I'm not going to go in some room and stretch. And she was like, girl, you need to go. And so I went to my very first class, which was Charlotte yoga. And I was like, holy hell, dripping yeah. sweat, moving yeah. fast. It felt like such a workout. It woke me up. It was fascinating. I had no idea what revolved side angle was, any of these things. And then after I was like, oh, I'm going to come back here. And so both of us started coming to your studio, Yoga South. Mm-hmm. Somehow she found you. I'm not sure how. So she dragged me to one of your classes at Yoga South. And then somehow I ended up working for you, quote unquote, for free yoga. <laughs> Because in the yoga world, you don't really work for money, let's face it. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Even but, to this but, day. <laughs> I know. But, but you spend tens of thousands of dollars on your training, yet no one wants to pay the drop-in fee. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> oh God. Bless. You know, and the clothes too. You yeah. know, we're all decked out in $128 leggings, <laughs> but I don't get paid shit to work for you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so true. Um, it's kind of a... it was such a special time for me. And I think for me personally, I had, there was not, I had knew nothing about spirituality or yoga. I think I was always drawn to feeling that sense of something bigger. Even when I was little, like I have a memory of me laying in bed and trying to fall asleep and, and envisioning the angels over my bed. And it actually scared me because I didn't grow up in a religious household at all, but I always felt like there's something bigger. And I remember falling asleep and feeling like there was this angel, like I could see like angels, like you'd see like on a Hallmark card, like wings, you know, in my mind. And I went downstairs, it was like three in the morning. My mother was cutting coupons and I'm like, I think I just saw angels over my bed. She's like, oh, Jennifer, grab some scissors. Help me cut these coupons. And like totally dismissed what I said. So I wasn't, my spirituality or religion was not really supported in my upbringing. But well, and also, young- also, we both are from Syracuse, New York too. So that yes! is like- And Virgos. And Virgos. But so like the whole, like, I can just like sit, I just, I can see the whole scene and like, you just like sit down and cut some coupons. coupons. It was like three in the morning and she's like, just grab some scissors. Let's save some money here. Screw, <laughs> screw heaven. I want to save some money. <laughs> screw those so, angels that just like possessed your room. Yeah. For about and so I always felt like a different, you know, I remember laying, I would like lay in the grass in my backyard in Syracuse, New York, you know, because mm-hmm. the grass is so green there. And I feel like the clouds are lower in Syracuse, mm-hmm. New York and looking up and like, I didn't know shit. I didn't know the Bible, but I knew that Jesus wore Birkenstocks. And so I remember like <laughs> looking up at the guy and trying to see like the bottom of his shoes like I didn't even know yeah. Jesus God I didn't know the difference and we're being like are those the bottom of his shoes <laughs> I had no idea but I always felt to pull pull towards it and then to be honest this is we're going a little bit above PG-13 I mean hallucinogenics you know yeah. my eight started in 1820s you know following like fish the grateful dead rusted root taking yep. acid and mushrooms all that stuff is where I was like holy shit there is energy you know mm-hmm. like you can see people's energy you can see the truth in people and you can see the inauthenticity authenticities in people like I would watch somebody talk to somebody and I would be like oh my gosh everything they're saying is a lie yes and it was really weird you could see the truth and then you look at a tree and you see like the truth in the tree and you're like holy shit we're all connected so not to go on a long street trip. <laughs> well, maybe you were, maybe you weren't hung over, but you were doing something else. I don't know. But, <laughs> so I've always felt a pull to that. You know, I have a big tramp stamp on my back, you know, that's this big and it's like a woman with an angel, like kind of hovering, bringing her to life. And so I've always felt that need for something bigger, even though I never had a uh, organized training, if that makes sense. Yes. So yoga was a way for me to fuel all of those feelings and all of the energy like, wow, there's something bigger in even just as simple as chanting in your studio with Dolly. Wait, you know, wait, like wait. That. Do you remember? I tell people this all the time. No one chants anymore. No, we does, no. used to sit. And you know what I always found fascinating by this? Fascinated by this. We were in freaking Charlotte, North Carolina. Like in my mind, because Syracuse, New York, you don't talk about religion no one mm-hmm. cares. Like the first question I was asked when I moved to Charlotte was like, where my church family was. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, but do you, so that community was so open and welcoming into that type of practice. And mm-hmm. when I came back up to Northern Virginia, obviously that was like ingrained in me and I would try to chant and I, I mean, I, it was shut down and it was shut down hard. It was like, you do not chant. We do not do this. Here, mm-hmm. Right. It's yep. But we used to do it. For, I mean, I tell people, I'm like, you don't understand classes were 90 minutes long, but we would sit and talk and chant and explore. And then Billy would stick his toe in his mouth. Like, like <laughs> weird shit would happen. Well, and we and just were all like there for it. And yes. I do think I, one of my, a compliment that I get as a teacher of like leading Mm -hmm. teacher trainings and take people taking my classes and my theming, like my gift of theming, like taking one thing and threading it through. And I owe that to you and Dolly. I mean, we would sit, you know, we'd all get up into that little half circle before class start and Dolly would be like, oh, I was driving down the road and I saw a dead bird. And it made (laughs) you think about, wow, everything's temporary. There's a, you know, there's a limb, it's called a paragraph. And she would just keep going. And then we would go around and talk about something in our lives that we understood was temporary. And then she would start through the class, like these poses are temporary, this breath is temporary. And I really think I got my gift of theming from y'all. And I think it really truly is a gift because it's like, you know, a a good, even if you watch like a stand up 
comedian. Like they have like a certain theme that they yeah. thread through and they always come back to it. And there's yeah. like, it's grounding, you know? And I think that's really a gift that I got from y'all. You know, it's really <laughs> funny because when I, when I started doing the teacher trainings up in um, Northern Virginia, my partner at the time, she was like, I want you to teach theming. I'm like, what do you mean teach theming? Like it was so weird Ingrained. to me yep. because it was just what we did. I mean, Dolly and teacher training did not teach us theming. We all just, it just was the vibe, right? It literally mm -hmm. was the vibe of that studio of the community. Everyone talked that way. I mean, do you remember freaking, I mean, Sarah, like yeah, amazing. It, once, once you were given permission to do it, and you had it inside of you, like you do, like I did, like Sarah did, like uh, Suzanne, remember Suzanne? Beautiful blonde, she taught the deep stretch on Saturday morning. Oh, yes, yes. I mean, just so many of us just, it started just pouring out of you. It was like, a, it was a form of storytelling. Mm -hmm. And yes, way, of, way of, a way of, to me, making it less about the postures and more about what was happening on the inside it's, it's more holistic like yeah. you know mind body spirit and i think yeah. the only thing that i do teach to my students uh with theming is if if you have like an extreme emotional charge about something to maybe wait until you've yes. you've gotten over it because you don't want to walk <laughs> in like a walking wound like you're this open bleeding scab and then you're done and all your students are like i'm so sorry your dog died you know <laughs> wait until you're not crying about it yeah you yeah. know and then talk about the dog yeah. you know the death of your dog and how everything's temporary yeah and so that's really the only thing i teach about theming is you don't want to be a walking wound for your students you know it you want to have about you it's about the collective yes. yeah yeah but so back to me i'm just kidding yeah yeah you're back <laughs> Exactly. Okay, Virgo, back to so, you. Well, and I think this is applicable for a yeah. lot of people. I, for me, growing, I mean, growing up in Syracuse, New York, we didn't really do emotions and vulnerability and, um, you know, holding hands and all this affection. And so honestly, and I was telling you this the other day on Facebook Messenger, it was, there was a lot of fear in me surrounding coming to your studio because you had to really let your guard down. Mm -hmm. And that would be really fearful for me. And it was really hard for me to soften in that way, coming from like, you know, the streets of Syracuse. <laughs> You're like, you think it's all like freaking the hood. But listen, we were too busy trying to stay warm up there. We didn't have time yeah. for Kumbaya. It That's why we're so cold. That's why we're cold. <laughs> we're like emotionally and physically cold. But so it was really uncomfortable. I remember like holding hands, like, oh my God, my hands are going to get clammy. I'm scared to hold these people's hands. And Dolly's all like love. And literally I'm like, my heart's beating. My nervous system's going. It was when she would call on me like, hey, Jennifer, do you have something that you want to share about, about a dog dying or whatever? And I would like, my face would get hot. I wasn't like, I didn't have self-worth back then. I didn't have self-love. I didn't have the comfort of being open and authentic, authentic. And so there was a lot of fear surrounding yeah. like these classes in a good way, in a way that I walked through them, you know, in a way that yeah. changed my life. Yeah. And, and I think yoga is so different today. And I want to be mindful that you and I are not dogging the yoga. In <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, we are not. Cause it's, it's still, I mean, look, I always, and I, I've, but it was so different back then. Yeah. I've said it numerous times. I'm like, look, any place that you start is great and you can't dismiss it. Um, but we forget, we have forgotten, we've gotten further away, but here's the thing. Like you can just like, look at it as where we are as just like, a, a collective, like forget about it being yoga, just as a collective, we are so disconnected. It's like, we all are living in Syracuse, New York, disconnected from the truth, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're all in self-preservation. And I say we all, but I know that that's not true because there's so many of us that are like, we feel the energy. We understand the energy. We understand that we're connected. We understand that there's more than just this physical body. I mean, we have it's like in the yoga world, it's almost as if, have we forgotten about the kleshas? Like, have we forgotten about all of that, that whole side of the conversation? Have we forgotten about the texts? And, and, you know, if you, if you look back and you trace back, even in the past couple of years, um, with kind of the crumbling of the different em empires. I'm putting that in air quotes, just so you guys mm -hmm. all know. <laughs> Looking at Jenny, I'm like, e the empire. <laughs> but like these different, like, like look at what happened with Bit 
Look at what Bikram right. did to yoga. You mm-hmm. can even Anusara. Anusara. Mm-hmm. Well, he was like the first, right? Like that mm-hmm. was years ago. And I remember watching those girls um, that had that beautiful Anusara community down there in Charlotte. Like, yeah, yeah. I watched them like come apart. Like it, that was that was so hard. And so mm-hmm. when you start to all of a sudden see that something that you held so close to your heart is like whoa, what the hell have I been, you know, doing? And then, and then the marketing world, you know, Lululemon, sorry guys, you know, the, the, the big, the, the, the names and the brands that we once loved getting bought out by the big corporations, monetizing it, the game did change and it changed Mm -hmm. on so many different levels. Right. I think also though, it's a great lesson and, you know, I think that sometimes even women tend to do this with men is um, mm-hmm. what's the word like making somebody like into like a God, you know, giving someone that God like energy. And so yes. Bikram and what's his name? John friend. Is that his mm-hmm. name? Yes. Yes. It's like, we tend to like almost give more of a power and like, I see it. And I've, I've been, you know, victim to that quote, quote, air quote. Absolutely. Like when you date, you're like dating a guy and you just think that they're like the bee's knees and you're putting almost more of your power into them. And I think it's a great lesson that this is a, you know, this is Svedaya, self-study. Yeah. Like we shouldn't being mindful about how much power you give to somebody else, even if they are your teacher or a guru or yes. healer. And we tend to, you know, give it to them instead of really cultivating it from ourselves, but you yeah. do need someone to lead you. So that's where it's like you, you teach your right. student, teach your student. I believe in that hundred percent. Absolutely. And, and, you know, it's something that I, I talk a lot about all the time. I, I talk about it in my, um, online coaching groups. I talk about when I lead my storyteller events, like I might be the one sitting in front of you, but man, I'm right here in it with you. And Mm -hmm. it's interesting because I think if I can, if I'm just like stepping back and being the observer of watching all of us go through that process of all of a sudden standing in front of the room. And then all of a sudden there's all these people. And when you say down dog, they all get into down dog. What a fucking ego trip that is. <laughs> let's like, let's be real. Like, yeah. I, one of my biggest dog. pet peeves is when one of my biggest pet peeves personally, maybe it's, I don't know, something that triggers on me is when people post how many students they've had in their class. Yes. Thank you to the 35,000 students in my class today. <laughs> I'm it's like, like, I do you really need people. to post the number, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know why that really shuts <laughs> <just laughs> my ass. <laughs> because here's the thing. It's not about that. Like I, um, well, because so for me, I'll tell you why it chaps. Well, uh, well, I'll tell you why it chaps my ass because numbers drove the success of studios right instead of it being like oh you had three people in class today and you gave them a freaking killer experience and you helped somebody have a massive breakthrough and you know you sat and talked to them like great celebrate that but no it's like oh you you're the one packing the room great then you get 10 more classes and i'm booting sally out of the way and that is the fundamental problem, right? Well, and spirituality and healing doesn't work that way. And I remember right. I was doing, I was doing a couple of workshops. It was probably five years ago, um, <laughs> just like healing workshops. And I asked my teacher healer, Dana Childs, I was like, oh my gosh, like, I feel like I'm doing everything right. I feel like the information was super authentic and powerful. And she was like, girl, it's because those eight people that were in your class versus 20, they needed that safe space. They needed yeah. a smaller intimate group. So it's not always about the dollar signs, which isn't congruent with business, right? So I might right. have given a kick-ass workshop on boundaries and self-worth, but I didn't sell it out. So I'm looking like the asshole, but these people's lives have been changed. So, so where's yeah. the money? Who, right. Who's winning the currency here, you know? Right. <laughs> well, so it's, it's, and, and, you know, if you stay on social media too long and people are like, I sold out my course in five minutes. And then you're sitting there going, how come I'm not selling mine out? They're not selling it out. And also, by the way, that's all your own perspective. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> when I run my online coaching programs, I don't, I cap it out at like seven or eight women. So when I say I'm selling it out seven or eight women but right. that's by choice because you want to know what I have had 15 to 20 women in that container and it doesn't work. And also like when I would step in front of a room that had 20, 30 people for yoga class, I almost felt like I was there to perform and keep them entertained versus mm-hmm. have like a conversation of the heart with people. 
And you do right. get more, I mean, you do get energized at a bigger. Class. Oh yeah. Like I, it's, I mean, we're human, you know, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It, it does feel good to have that energy in the it's room. Like, and I do feel like I, I probably teach a little bit differently to 25 people versus 500%. Yeah. But I think it's just having that awareness on what you do with it, recognizing it and how you market that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So you did your training with Stephanie Keach, right? Yes. You told me to do it with her. I, did I came that. to you. <laughs> I did tell you to do that, didn't I? In 2009, I want to be, you were like, I can tell that your energy matches hers. And you're so right. Cause she's such a flipping, she is like off her rocker. She's, she's so crazy. off her rocker. She is so wild. And she helps me see that it's okay to be your quirky self and that you don't yeah. have to fit a mold of being, a, you know, Catherine Budig or somebody that you've yeah. looked up to and seen on yoga journals. And yeah. um, she really helped me see that you can think outside the box and still yeah. be a kick-ass teacher. So I really, really value that. And, yes. but, and she's knowledgeable and she's wise. And that's what I tend to think I am. Like I'm yeah. spiritual and deep, but I also want to laugh my ass off, you know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, freaking Stephanie would show up in her unitard and I just loved that. I was like, you go like, seriously, like, I love she's that woman. Such a hoop. She's the best. And honestly, one of the greatest gifts, I think to the yoga world. And, you know, her and I will never forget when she was down doing a training at the studio. One time we went and we had dinner and we were talking about the path and, you know, she was friends with freaking Brian Kess. Her and, story is great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she traveled with all those guys, she was like David sweeping Williams. the floors at the yeah. studio, of like all the first American yogis. Yeah. And she's like, you know, they all chose California and yoga journal. And I chose the mountains in Nashville, North Carolina. And that's as simple as it is. And I, I loved that moment because I was like, <laughs> okay, yeah, you don't have to be on the freaking cover of yoga journal in order to be it, but it's this going back to what you were saying, we, we tend to go, oh, look at that person who made it on the cover. They didn't make it on the cover. She's like, you have to sell your soul to be part of that tribe. I mean, and I don't know if it's the same anymore. Mm -hmm. but it's like, once you're an image, like that's the image and that's what, that's, what's going to sell. And if you ever decided to change from that, you're done, right? Like you can't do it anymore. Yep. I mean, and, and if you do, and you, you, you know, you brought up Catherine Budig, like she's made a marvelous transformation too totally. for herself. Yep. And she, you know, I, I'm, it's been amazing to watch the amount of yoga professionals who were quote unquote, once the star just totally moving away from it and be like, no, I'm going to be over here teaching this stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. Alexandra Crow. Like I can think of so many people who are kind of, I'm not going to say, you know, again, Jenny and I are absolutely not here to dismiss the yoga world. I still teach in the yoga world. I'm still teaching mm -hmm. teachers. I'm not, but there's a new, I think, emergence of awareness that's coming back that we've lost, we kind of got a little messy for a little bit, right? I think we're waking up as a collective, but I think yeah. that yoga has taken on its own personality, you know? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I think we are waking up collectively. We're understanding. I mean, you know, you go on Facebook, you know, just last night, you know, with the eclipse, like everyone's posting about it. Like just that, <laughs> those small little things that you see on your feed that people are posting. And I know that sounds so trivial, but it just shows that we are, you know, we are waking up as a whole. Yeah. It just feels like the yoga has taken a, a different direction, um, yes. which may or may not, you know, be good or bad. It's just kind right. of like a, a neutral way to look at it. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, 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 no, but to your point about the eclipse, it's like four or five years ago, it's like not as many people were yeah. as open and understanding of the power of the collective energy that we are all guided by just the fact you know I was trying to tell my kid you know I have a nine-year-old and just being like you know we're all like we're animals and we respond to our environment you know yeah. we respond to where the stars and the moon and the sun are and that can make us you know feel different and behave differently like what an amazing thing just to remember that simplified version that like we respond to the tides and the moons and that we are animals and I think just understanding that is that's, that's pretty woke, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's pretty, it's pretty incredible. So what are you doing these days? With so, all it's of funny. Uh, so it's funny. We talked about this the other day that I think a natural progression for yoga teachers that have been teaching for many, 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 many years. Cause I have been teaching since 2009. Um, we end up sort of, what's the word evolving or graduating from teaching the physical practice. And yes. like I said, I'm trying to stay 
super above, like above the line <laughs> yeah, yeah. with uh, how we approach this. But, you know, yoga has served me and I've loved teaching it. You know, I love music. I love theming. I love the part of the community. And so I do teach. I have two studio classes that I'm teaching every week um, just to stay in the community and to move around and to um, be a part of it. But I like my natural progression has moved into doing more healing work, energy healing work. I do wellness lectures for like corporate companies here in Charlotte, um, private gigs. And it's funny because I would say 90 nine percent of my clientele are male which is crazy maybe 95 i don't know i have a lot a lot a lot of male clients and they always reach out to me and say hey oh, i'm tight can i have a private yoga session and then i go to their house or they come to wherever i am and we do a private yoga session 30 minutes in oh well i'm really not happy in my marriage and they start talking to me in child or in triangle pose and we start chitty chatting and by the end it ends up being a healing session so it's funny <laughs> i feel like people are drawn to me because i'm known to be a yoga teacher in the community yeah. and they're drawn to me thinking they want a private yoga session but really their higher selves are like no 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 jennifer can help you in a deeper a different level right sure. and so it ends up becoming these these clients are coming to me for asana the physical practice and they end up being energy healing clients or we do half and half because I really, my bread and butter is the energy healing right now only because I've done the yoga for so long. And think about it, if we were in corporate America, if I worked for Bank of America, wouldn't that be weird if I was still in the same role for 12 years? Like yeah. it's a natural progression to move on, you know? So I've moved from teaching the physical practice to yeah. leading tra teacher trainings, to yeah. leading workshops. And now I moved into the more um, off the mat, right? How do you make spirituality off the mat, energy healing, shifting energy. And I'm really big. And you can do this in yoga class and Dolly did it and you did it where you can give tools to people like, Hey, yes. next time you're in this grocery store and the cashier is, you know, mean to you, just know, don't take everything personally. And then you talk about the four agreements, right? Yep. But I'm really big with private sessions and workshops, giving people tools and homework so they can maintain the work and maintain their vibration. Because ultimately we do our own healing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's really powerful to give people those tools, whether it's affirmations, visualizations, subconscious work, that kind of stuff that they can do. Okay. When this thought comes into your mind, close your eyes and visualize this or close your eyes and get out of your head. Um, so to me, I see more progress in my clients with that work than just the physical practice, but I do, I do love physical yoga. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, the physical practice in balance is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And this is something that I've been exploring a lot with my, you know, students and my clients is that <clears throat> You know, truly the bodies that we have anymore today aren't the same as they were. Oh, come on. We didn't have the cell phones. We were, we were on like CDs. Do you remember? I walked in <laughs> before iPods or iPad, iPod, iPods. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I'll never forget when I got the first iPod at Yoga South and I was like so excited. I went over there and I'm like trying to figure out how to hook it up. And I had to have the two systems and I had to like the iPod. And then we can also have like all of our CDs and the CD changer. And you had the big books of CDs and you mm -hmm. made you had yoga mixes that you made. Oh, great. you remind me, you always used to play, was it the Jack Johnson, the Tarzan? <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. You used to always play. Every time I hear that, I feel like, oh my God, Marsha. <laughs> Look, I can throw Gosh. on, I can throw, I, I can throw a good yoga party. Just give me a CD and a, and a mic. And I'm good. Um, but just even our bodies, even from the early two thousands have changed. We aren't meant to be moving our bodies and that way all the time, like somewhere, you know, we were taught at some point practice yoga every day. And then the damn hashtag yoga every damn day. It's just like, no, no, But then no, it's no, like, no. you're overstretching, overstretching. Over and then you over... come, these people that come, they have injuries and they come yes. to yoga and they overstretch their injuries. Yes. Like honey, child, that's not going to help you. <laughs> honey, child. You know? Well, and then, and then, you know, my, my, my all-time favorite was always like, my doctor told me to come do yoga. Oh, well, what's wrong with you? I have slip discs. No, you should not be in a vinyasa yoga class with slip discs in your lumbar spine or cervical spine injury. Like there's a different place for you. So it's like, it's all well-intentioned. I know it is, <clears throat> um, but, but what happened was as a 
business, the yoga studios had to move away from allowing the practices to be more holistic. Cause you think about it, who are they in direct competition with? They're in competition with the gyms, the fitness industry, mm -hmm. right? Oh so my gosh, yes. It's true. So if you, if you're going to pick, you know, a hundred, I'm just going to say a hundred dollars. I know that's not a real number, a hundred dollar monthly membership at a yoga studio <laughs> versus a hundred dollar monthly membership at lifetime fitness, where you can also get a sauna and you can also get the treadmill and you, guess what you're going to pick. Right. Mm -hmm. And who cares if the yoga isn't great at lifetime fitness. And I don't know if that's, I mean, none of these, none of these statatements are valid. I'm just, it's all conversational. <laughs> like, us. I don't know. Well, no, it's not that they're not valid. I just, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with the yoga there, but it might not be like a yoga studio experience, but I would even say like, I, again, I've worked in yoga studio since 2002, you know, I've been teaching for 20 years and I've seen it all. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think if you're going to, um, it's, and it's hard. And I'm very empathetic to the yoga studio owner. Cause I know, oh my gosh. Look, look, I had to go through bankruptcy. I had to shut mine down when the, how long did it, was it open for? How many years was yoga South open for four years? Oh, that's it. Wow. Felt so much longer. I know it felt like a long time, right? Mm -hmm. Four years. I mean, I was only in Charlotte for five years. Uh, it was open for four years and, you know, the amazing 2008, 2009 housing market mm -hmm. crash just like took out oh. Charlotte, North Carolina, but and you know, you it's funny. We, no one realized what was going on at the time. And I remember when I had to go through bankruptcy and I had to close the studio, it was such a morning for so many people, but so many people got pissed off. But like, I think now looking back on it, they're like, oh, okay. Now I can see what happened. I mean, people stopped yes. coming, people stopped paying, people stopped Yeah. You, I'll, so and you, you were trained by grace, right? No, were no, by no. Grace? Who were uh, you trained Dolly. by? Dolly was my Oh, first you were trained at your studio or At my else? studio. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. So I, so I did my first formal organized training with Dolly. Got it. I had done mini training because yoga Alliance wasn't like a thing until I, mm -hmm. until that year, like, well, they were a thing, but they didn't really organize around yoga teacher trainings until it was like 2005, 2006, that they really started formalizing their process for certifications. Maybe yeah, because Stephanie, Stephanie Keach, she prides herself in saying that she's like, I'm not part of yoga Alliance. I never was, never did, but I yes. think like grand grandfather, grandfather her in, her in. she's like, Oh, hell no. <laughs> I know. Well, because it's so limiting. But, you know, everybody, it's very, it's a very limiting and, you know, I, I, um, I have stopped leading teacher trainings mainly Same because way. I'm like, I can't do it underneath mm -hmm. guidelines anymore. It just doesn't make any sense. They nickel and dime like every hour. Yeah. yeah. And if you it's, want it's, to, if you want to train with me, I can, but it's going to look very different. Well, I, I, I happen to think my training is pretty fucking amazing because I never followed the yoga Alliance guidelines. I always did more. I, I mean, 200 hours is not enough. We spend oh more time than that. And it's really um, only 180, mm -hmm. right? Because the 20 hours you do sure. like reading books and doing your oh, assignments. But, yeah. yeah. But my students always, I mean, literally, if you were to actually count the hours, I'm going to say it was more of like 300 hours that you would get with me in a 200 hour program. Damn girl. Uh, look, but That's I don't, awesome. I don't, I don't mess around. I mean, you know that about, I'm like, I'm just like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Totally. But you know, just so many things are, um, have, have almost crippled something. And, and honestly, I mean, we could get into this whole conversation, right? Like the ego and the human you know, we're all, we're all working through our own inner child wounds and we're all working through our own shadow work. And then you start breaking open emotionally and you start to get vulnerable. And then you have the ability to stand in front of a room and impact people. And you're taking on energy that you don't understand you're taking on. And it's just this big, like, and then you're, you're like, well, I got to make money and the studio needs to make money and the people, and it just starts to get to be really an interesting uh, competitive playground. And our, our very good friend, um, Sarah, mm -hmm. Frick, 
Seraphin or Seraphin. So can I just say she was yeah. the first hot yoga class I ever, I ever took. I oh. remember it was candlelit at yeah. night at Yoga South. Yeah. And I was like, what is that? Yeah, it was oh so gosh. sexy, right? It was like such yes. a nice, when yes. you could, yeah. So she, she has, in my opinion, I mean, just developed such a beautiful sisterhood community mm-hmm. down in Charleston, South Carolina. It appears that way on social media. That's for sure. I mean, I saw, I, mean, I saw her, um, I, we both had retreats at the same time down in Tulum I saw that. Mm-hmm. and, you know, I got the opportunity to spend a few moments with her, but just like watching her and her little cohort, it's like, they are, they're just like a really, and her and I have talked about it. Like she just, she supports them endlessly. She's very clear on like what she wants at the space and they do it. Right. And, and, you know, she's, in my opinion, what she's doing is fitness with the softer side of yoga. Right. Yeah. With like some soul or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah Definitely. It's heart because that's what Sarah is. She's freaking heart. Right. And I think, Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Well, I was just kind of saying that going back to the whole idea of like, you know, corporate America versus yoga, what you're saying about like the financial piece and Mm -hmm. stuff like that, but unlike real quote unquote jobs, there is that community and you form these connections with people and the whole like dating within the yoga community, having best friends that are your bosses, your managers, your teachers. There's so much that goes into that. That makes it so muddy and tricky, but also so beautiful, you know? So what you're saying about Sarah, it's like, it's also a business. I'm sure she has to have really good boundaries. People can't call her at four in the morning and pour their hearts out to her. I yeah. hope they don't, you know, yeah. because there is so much depth in this, mm-hmm. in this field, but there's also, it's a business, right? Yeah. It's a fucking business, you yeah. know, it's a business. And uh, yeah. And, and to that, <clears throat> what I think she's done, that's so beautiful. Is she's almost kind of removed, like, it's not just, it's not a yoga studio. It's a movement studio. It's mm-hmm. a soulful fitness. And what I love about that is this brings you to this idea that like yoga isn't triangle pose. Yoga can be doing burpees very mindfully and yeah. with a message in Moving your heart. meditation. Yep. It, and you know, there's five parts to yoga. Asana that's right. Is one, right? And we, we put so much emphasis. And there's yeah. breath work. Asana yep. is one fifth. So what is that? 20% or yeah. however, you know what I mean? <laughs> Math, not my strong suit. But yeah, like, and then, yeah, you know and then the energy connection, right? And I, um, so going back to what you were saying about like the conversation with your private clients, like I have a, a, one of my former students has become doing privates with her and we spend the, we, we literally talk the entire time. And mm. I'm like, this is what it's about. This is more yoga yep. than doing the poses. Right. When well, I, I, I have a bourbon with some of my clients, I have a Friday night guy. He's like, all right, honey, I'm in pigeon pose. What kind of bourbon you want tonight? I'm like, <laughs> oh, surprise me. <laughs> all right. And, and, and the, um, I teach a group of women and on Tuesdays and Thursdays now. And they're like, they talk to me the whole time. They're like, we're so sorry. I'm like, no, because talking is the practice of if you want to go real connecting, but it's the practice of like Udana Vayu, right? It's that up and out and letting things go and getting it moving. And we know, I know, you know, talking is one of the best ways to get the shit up and out. Cause when we hold stuff in, guess what? We get tight, right. tight, 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 tight. And we block it all in. And the throat so like, chakra is so mm-hmm. powerful, you know, and they say right. your divine, your divine plan lies in your throat. So the more you speak your truth, the more that your divine plan slash purpose comes out as it unfolds, yeah, which is yeah, crazy yeah. to think about like how yeah. important it is to express. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like you, I'm sure someone was saying to me the other day, they're like, um, you know, you know exactly what you're going to get into with you, Marsha. Like no one, you can't get out of jail free. You're going to end up having Mm -hmm. to open up and the people who can't, they, and you know, that's fine. I repel them and they move away. And that's cool because you repel them. I do. (laughs) I know that sounds like a harsh word to say, but it's, it's true. And I don't care. You want to know why? Because they're just not ready for it yet. And that's right. fine. And I, you know, it's, it's, you know, in this business, um, I definitely need to tighten up on my cancellation policy because you have <laughs> these people that they're like feeling this pull to you. And they're like, Oh my gosh, yeah. I want a session with you. I'm super unhappy in my marriage and my work and blah, blah, blah. And they schedule an appointment and they're excited. And the day comes and they're like, I can't make it. Yeah. And you know what that means? It's okay. They're just not ready. They don't have the courage. They don't have the courage they thought they had to walk. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying everybody things really do happen, but uh, typically a lot of times 
I see this a lot where I can just feel I'm like, okay, they're just not really ready to, you know, you have to let down your armor. It's like taking off your clothes in front of somebody when you do this really deep work. That's and right. some people just aren't ready, yep. you know, and they think they are and they're excited about it. The day comes and they kind of have, you know, they get kind of cold feet and that's okay. But it's, it's definitely, it's a tricky it's a tricky yeah. world, but I will say also, I try to meet people where they are at the same Absolutely. time, right? Yep. You know, so it's kind of yep. like if you're not meeting them where they are, so if they're closed, you don't want to be closed off too, but you want to meet them where they are. Maybe you really simplify what you're trying to come, you know, teach or express because you want them to feel like what you're saying or doing is resonating with them. You know, one of the things that I tell pretty much every single person, and this is just the truth. I've been skeptical about every single thing that I teach today. And the reason I tell people that is because I feel like I let them know, Hey, it's okay for you to be doubting me right now. And to be doubting this experience because I did too, like crystals. I was like, yeah, I'm, so not, I'm not that into crystals, at all. but <laughs> now I've got them all over my fucking house. Are you kidding? I've got like, teach my me your ways. I'm not, oh, I have that one. Just like, <laughs> I do have that. Was that, uh, what's that? Was that selenite? It's just what a crystal that? wand. That's it. Okay. It's My not kid even has that one. That's bedside. Yep. Yeah. I've got, I, 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 when I would do teacher training programs, I would like carry pocket stones to protect my energy. I run the Melaleuca all over my chest because my yeah. friend Olivia told me to do it. And I was like, here I go. I'm protecting myself. But then I put a little rose on to make sure I'm still open enough. And it's like, but all this stuff that I teach today, I once too was extremely skeptical of it, like inner child work. I was like, yeah, whatever. And then I started doing, I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. So powerful. So powerful. And, well, like, and I think with that, it's like, I have so much to say with that. I feel like inner child work is really empowering to me mm -hmm. because typically when you get triggered to do inner child work, it's because of a relationship with somebody else. Yes. And so you're like, oh, fuck him. He's rejecting me. He's abandoning me. Or can you go inside and realize where or when you were rejected or abandoned and do your own work with the relationship to yourself? And so it really takes the power away from these people around That's us, right. That's you know? Right. And I think that to me, is very, very empowering because I always tend to go into like that victim-y place. Like, yep. oh, this person's mean to me. This, you know, person did me wrong. This is a mean girl shit, you know, that kind of thing, yep. which sometimes that does really happen, but it's yep. really, again, Svedyaya, self-study up to us to go and say, okay, is this really a problem with the relationship or am I being triggered from a historical wound, right. which is so empowering. Right. No. And, and everything is, you know, the body keeps score. Pretty yes. sure that's a book. Love that body book. It is. I was trained by him. Bessel van der Kolk. I was oh, nice. Oh, yeah. So trauma and trauma sensitive yoga. Tell me a little bit about all of your different training. Like who are your teachers? Um, what type of energy healing do okay, you do? I will. Like, yeah. Yes. But I will, I just really quickly want to go yeah. back to what you're saying about the stones. Yes. Um, oh yeah. No, crystals, 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 rocks, what do they call it? Rocks. rocks. <laughs> Polished I, I think stones. it's interesting what I've been taught. Again, this is teacher, student, teacher, student, right? How yeah, do you yeah. know? You know what you know? Who knows what's really, you know, legit. But sure. I think it's like energy is all about intention. So if you're putting a, a, a rock, quote, a stone or crystal in your pocket, it's rose quartz. And you're thinking to yourself, this is going to bring me love, right? That's or whatever. Right then it's intention. Then that's the mm -hmm. energy that you're calling in. That's right. And you know, even like when someone sages a room, right? So you yeah. pick up sage and you sage a room. Yeah. You don't need fucking sage to sage a room. It's intention. You can then, close your yeah. eyes and, and paint the walls with white light. You're doing the same thing. It's, we have been taught that sage has healing properties, which I'm sure it does, sure. but it's really about intention. So it's like whatever resonates with you and works for you. Yep. If you think you're protecting your energy or setting a boundary with your energy, doing this, putting on a wetsuit or holding a rock, whatever you're intending is what you're calling it. Right. Absolutely. 100%. But for the record, I try not to say protect my energy because I feel like that is, um, that is assuming that there's danger out there. Oh yeah. 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 So I try, I personally try not to say, I don't know why that just came into my mind. I try not to say like, I need to protect my energy. I try to say, oh, I'm going to vibrate in a place of light and love or, or call in that. Cause yes. by saying I need to protect my energy, the universe is like, oh, is there danger around yeah. Jennifer? Well, let's give her some fucking danger. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know that's interesting. <clears throat> a really good point. Because I think for me, what I realized is I would take other people's stuff on. And the thing that's really interesting about this for me is, um, you know, I read human design charts and when I started mm -hmm. learning all about human design, I'm actually, I, I, I very much have my own, um, energy pretty well gridded up energetically. Um, 
I do. Well, good for you. It's really, <laughs> no, it's really interesting because I'm not really open emotionally. I trained myself to be, because I remember when I first started doing teacher training, I was like, what is freaking wrong with these people? Like I would sit there and be like, what? I don't understand. I get really, meh. and then I learned, I allowed myself to be more open to it, but I think you can either way, right? Like you can, right. you can go one way or the other. And just back to what you were just saying, it's all how you intention. then talk to yourself and intention and train yeah. yourself. So what I did over the years was I started taking on so much, I would be so energetically depleted by the end mm. of those weekends. Like I was dead on a Monday and you shouldn't feel that way. No, so yeah, truly for me, what I started to understand was I was allowing it in and I wasn't protecting myself from anything. You're right. There's no danger, but I would absorb it. I would carry it. I, mm -hmm. and then I happened to be one of those people who would be like, how can I fix it? And I would almost take it on as my mission to make sure that every, and that was never my job in the first place. Yeah. So well, empaths, yeah. you know, we're all empaths. Yeah. We're open yeah. as fuck. Yeah. You know? That's we right. We want to fix everything. That's what we draw on the damn narcissist. Yeah. We want to fix everything. We're too much in our heart. We have too yeah. much compassion. And what I've been taught yeah. is, you know, if you're an empath, you're old as fuck. Your soul has been around for thousands of years. Yeah. You don't need to learn compassion anymore. You can get out of your heart. Like we're yeah. in our hearts too much. Let's get into our emotional bodies. Like the That's second right. chakra. Let's, let's think about how we feel instead of trying to save the puppy on the fucking street. You know what That's I mean? Right. That's I'm an right. asshole. <laughs> no, but it's okay. But because, because truly, and it's, it's what I teach is look, if you're taking care of yourself, be selfish. Come on. Right. Yeah. Take the yes. fucking nap. If you need the nap, no one's yes. like go self-care is a nap. Self-care is sleeping in, take care of yourself. It does. It's not reserved for Sundays anymore. Well, like, I think people think, all... Oh, I, I worry about that person so much. Like mm -hmm. I'm so worried about this person that's in an abusive relationship and I'm worried. Okay. Well, would it like your job is to not have all of this compassion for everybody else, but no yeah. self-compassion, you know? Yeah. And I think that's the empath's job is to turn it inside out or turn it, reflect it back to you instead of worrying and caring about every Tom, Dick Absolutely. and Harry, you know? Absolutely. And I mean, we know, cause we, we have to do it. You know, I yep. can tell you how everybody feels around me, but 10 years ago, my own emotional body was a swampy water. You know, I wasn't like really connected to myself as, or maybe 20 years ago, whenever we started doing this, Yeah. but learning, like we need to learn about how we authentically feel instead of bringing our, you know, putting our antler, what's it called? Tentacles out tentacles to everybody else. Yeah. Okay. It's Never something deer and moose. <laughs> I hope this airs before Christmas. Cause that's very appropriate. <laughs> Maybe, maybe this is my, um, this might be my swift kick in the ass to actually relaunch my podcast and do it by Christmas. <laughs> yeah, really. Happy New Year. Be happy. Merry Christmas, Jenny. <laughs> Jenny from Sorry, the block. That was, yeah. That was a really long tangent. All you did was ask me who I was trained by. You're like, hold on. Let's talk about crystals for one second. But when you said that, it was just, it really kind of, yeah. Yeah. To, yeah um, no. Okay. So I consider you and Dolly, I mean, even if I wasn't formally trained by people, I definitely mm -hmm. consider, you know, multiple people teachers. So I definitely consider you and Dolly, my teachers. I mean, you were like my OGs and just, I remember being in class being like, there's no way I could ever be a yoga teacher. It just felt like that was never going to be me. I was never going to be good enough to do it. And so getting my certification finally in 2009 from mm -hmm. Asheville Yoga Center, Stephanie Keach, and I was doing it with a girlfriend and one day she'd have a meltdown and be like, we're never going to be able to do this. I can't do this. Oh my God. We have to student teach a seven minute sequence tomorrow. And then I'd be like, oh my God, you're going to be fine. And then the next day I would freak out and unravel and, you know, oh my God, I'm never going to be able to be a yoga teacher. And then, you know, you just do it. And it's such a huge feat. Um, so I was trained by Stephanie Keach, Ashley Yoga Center for my 200 and then the additional 300. So 500 hours total. I did my 500 with her as well. Oh, you did? Yes, That I was did. great. Yes. That was great. I love doing like the weekend modules, just getting away from Charlotte, going up there. And half the time I was pregnant. So it was really nice to just go and dive into all of those, um, you know, specific trainings. Mm -hmm. um, so then did that. Okay. So yeah, certified. And then I opened Nodi Yoga here in Charlotte in yes. 2009 or 10. Oh my gosh. Um, then I started doing teacher trainings and for Charlotte yoga. So I led mm -hmm. maybe four or five yoga teacher trainings. And then like we talked about the natural progression is okay. What else is there? What else can I do as a leader, as a teacher? And, and, and I think in this work, a lot of us practice what we teach or teach what we practice. Mm -hmm. So my spiritual practice got a lot deeper. I started going to healers, to energy healers. I started 
uh you had an injury didn't you yeah. have an injury and you were it was yeah. like in your hips and isn't that right yeah. around the time that you started exploring all yeah, of this so that's, yeah. I mean the timeline's a little bit like uh, a little bit iffy but if you ask me put a gun to my head mm-hmm. what happened was um I lost the yoga studio that it was so dear to me yes. and the day or two before I got the news that I was uh being asked to leave the yoga studio, my whole entire right side body mm-hmm. went completely numb, this. fireworks, like crazy nerves. And you know, I'm not an injury kind of girl. Like I didn't yep. pick up something heavy that day. I didn't fall. I just woke up one day and from the hips down, I could literally not walk. It was the worst pain I ever felt. And then the next day I got the email saying, Hey girl, I want you out of the business. And you know, like we talk about a yoga studio is not just a business. It's not, it's not a market. It's not Harris Teeter. It was my whole life, my family, my friends, my community, my job, you know? And so losing that was really, really hard to let go of. But when I went to see healer, I was so confused. I'm like, I don't understand why this is happening. And my healer, Dana Child, who's now a great friend, um, she said, your body was telling you, Hey girl, brace yourself. And of course it was the root, right? The root chakra, because it's all your tribe, your family, right? Your family doesn't have to be DNA. I mean, that studio was my family. And so that really helped me see there is a mind body connection, like a mother flipper dipper, you know, I mean, that was completely, completely congruent. The pain Mm -hmm. that I felt, you know, the emotional pain, the physical pain, and, um, and a, a little bit more of a deeper inner child level, I was told that, um, I wasn't really brought up in a family where you were, you were allowed to feel your emotions or feeling your emotions were expressed. And so my higher self gave me this deeply, deeply, deeply painful experience. So I would start to open up my emotional body on a mind, on a physical and emotional level. So it's actually a gift yep. and I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't take it back for the world because I was able to move and do bigger things with bigger studios. Um, but that was a huge part. And so my own journey and path of doing my own healing and spiritual work, naturally I'm like, well, this is really amazing. And wow, look at, you know, look at how my life has changed since I've done this work. Yes. And then I fell into or pursued doing my own energy healing. So I'm certified in it's considered a master of energy healing. So it's not Reiki. Reiki is more of a specific style of energy mm-hmm. healing. And mine is more basic, sort of like vinyasa yoga and Baptiste. Sure. So mine yep. would be like vinyasa. <clears throat> Love it. So much. Yeah. So I just did multiple trainings over a couple of years um, with a teacher here in Charlotte, Christine mm-hmm. Lang, and she's a medical intuitive. And then started doing my own private sessions. And then I do stuff for like, like I said, like wellness stuff and private sessions, workshops, all that kind of stuff. I love it. I love it. And I think, you know, energy healing, it's more than just, okay, lay on the table. I'm going to give you high vibrational energy. It's Mm -hmm. what I call intuitive guidance. You know, it's a therapy session on crack. And one of the best compliments I've ever gotten was I had a client, it was her first, her first session and we were walking out and she's like, you know, I feel like we got as far as I would have gotten with 10 talk therapy sessions with you today in one session, not saying talk therapy is bad. Yep. but you can go really deep. And I don't have a therapy license that I have to stick inside yeah. of a box. I yeah. can do whatever I want. I can meditate. I can visualize. I can have them get in a yoga pose. Mm-hmm. We can talk, 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 talk. And so there's so much beauty that I have a big toolbox. You know, I have all my yoga teacher training stuff. So all meditation, breath work, therapeutics, trauma yep. stuff that I'm trained in and all my energy healing tools of using my intuition of tapping into their energy so it's, it's a big toolbox. It's really fun. Yeah. That's amazing. I love it. And you know, I, I'm, I don't do the same work as you, but one of the things that I absolutely love about what I do as a coach as well is I get to tap into my entire huge toolbox. I always tell people, I'm like, you're not going to just get like a prescription from me. This is going to be totally customized and every session's yep. different. Yep. And it always comes back to, I always ask people time and time again, evaluate your energy economy, evaluate your energy economy. That's because if you really start to pay attention on how places and things and people and all of it makes you feel getting back into that conversation, Mm -hmm. letting yourself feel, then your body, you you know, your body has wisdom beyond the mind and if you just start paying attention to it, it's going to guide you forward. And like, I, you know, we're yoga, I'm a yogi. And even like mm-hmm. I said, 10, 15 years ago, and I thought I was a pretty cool girl, super social into community and communication. <laughs> if you ask me how I authentically felt about something, I don't think I could give you an answer. Absolutely. And it is a, 
practice. You know, it's like, it's like strengthening a muscle on really going into your authentic self, not your man-made emotions in your mind, you know, but my, one of my favorite quotes is like, your emotions are tied to your intuition. Your intuition's yeah. tied to your higher self and your higher yeah. self wants you to be happy, abundant, fulfilled, and have good sex. So you yeah. got to find the right partner, you know? There you go. I, mean, I, I love something you just said, because I say it all the time. I've, I, I say to people, I literally sat in yoga rooms, teaching yoga, leading yoga, practicing yoga for almost 15 years before I found, um, energy work and like life coaching and mindset work. And it was actually the energy coaching and the mindset work that changed me more than pretending like I was sitting there meditating. Cause to be honest with you, like me and meditation aren't like each other's best friends. And because so much of what I was doing was helping people focus on the physical side of it, just because that's, was the nature, like we've been yes. talking about. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would know I'm like, dude, I've been in, I, I would sit there sometimes and look at the room and I'm like, dude, I know you guys, half of you are checked out half of you. I wouldn't be saying this out loud, but like going like, through the motions. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> or you're checking out the chick's ass on the, on the, <laughs> Looking at your nail polish and, 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 yeah. and person who has to do 10 chaturanga pushups when I didn't even cue chaturanga, like, come on. <laughs> right. So, but I, like, I love that you said that, right. Cause that is truly. And I think I, I say to people, like, I feel like that's when I finally woke up and was able to actually sit and be like, how does this really make me feel? And that's what actually got me to freaking leave running yoga studios in the first place. I mean, I took a huge, huge leap back in 2016 and just like kind of left and started doing shit on my own because I, I just couldn't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I think the physical down. Oh yes. It's yeah. stressful. Uh-huh. I think the physical yoga is great. Cause it is, it's like, you know, they say like weed is the gateway drug to like yes. all the other drugs, you know, it's like yoga is kind of <laughs> like the gateway. <laughs> the Don't gateway say practice. that. <laughs> you, you can- <laughs> yoga is like the gateway practice to you know yeah. deep the deeper work so That's there right. is such a beauty but it's also I mean you know I'll say it till I die like Svedyaya like if you don't resonate with meditation then yeah. why would we force you to do it yeah, yeah, yeah it's all about us going inside to to feel what really resonates with me you know even yeah. with meditation are you a creative person then maybe you need visualizations right are you a numbers person then maybe you count one two three yeah. four five Five, four, three, two, one, like right. really getting to know yourself because you're not going to do it if it doesn't resonate absolutely. with whatever the work is, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I've gosh, I've just loved this conversation. It's been so I fun know. to be here with you. Thanks for having me. Oh my God. Thanks for, you know, thanks for letting me know that the reason I was missing Friday night lights was because of my crush on coach Eric Taylor, oh, which by the way, he's so hot. <laughs> Did you watch bloodline by the way? Um, it's a little dark. I, I it is it all, intense, yeah. but it's, it's so a little good. Well, so I don't me, need the darkness. Let me tell you something really funny. Every time we turn it on and watch it, Rob goes, I really like Kyle Chandler. I'm like, dude, I get it. You've got a man crush on him. It's Aww, okay. That's like, sweet. I actually feel like if you don't have a little bit of a crush on Kyle Chandler, something's wrong with you. <laughs> he really is like, yeah, he's a beautiful person. That whole show. Anyway. Okay. So Friday night lights, just a little plug for you guys, just a random way to end this podcast, but I will. <laughs> and actually, you know what? I'm going to tell you what, if you need to get your energy in the right place, just go watch it for a hot second and you will yeah, feel good. Exactly. Um, I'm going to drop all of Jenny's contact information in the show notes. So you guys can reach out to her and connect with her. If you want to, I highly, highly recommend it. She's an amazing human all around. And, um, just every time I, you know, a, a day doesn't go by that when I reflect on my yoga journey, you are one of the five women that pop up in my head Aww, that means as so being much. super impactful. You Dolly, Sarah, Jillian and Dory. I mean, really like Aww, Dory. Yes. Like, Aw, Dory. I miss her. Yes. Um, so, you know, people reach out, check out Jenny. She's got a lot of great things going on. She's got her own podcast, not called Jenny from the block, um, <laughs> but 
That would be like a copyright issue, I'm sure. Probably. Maybe me, maybe me even saying it like 20 times on this podcast might get me flagged or something. I don't know. Sorry, JLo. Don't mean to... steal your thunder. Well, thank you for being here. I've loved having this conversation and you guys, I hope you enjoyed the um, episode and we'll be talking to you guys soon. Well, Hey guys, thanks so much for joining us and listening and tuning in wherever you are listening to your podcast. Keep on listening, sharing, enjoying and hey follow us on social media instagram is msh underscore shift you can also follow me marcia m-a-r-c-i-a underscore hines h-o-f-f-h-e-i-n-s you can also find us on the book and join our makeshift tapping group it's a public open group we share goodies and information. Um, visit my website, marshahoffines.com, sign up for the newsletter, and we'll just keep you full of all the goodies, all of them, all the time. Talk to you soon. <laughs>